Broadcasting live from sunny South Florida, this is KMA Talk Radio. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of fine cigars. Your KMA crew, the Italian scallion, Paul DeGracco, Alex Tavella, a.k.a. The Goat, and always telling it like it is, Honest Abe. I like to smoke them like the Winston Churchill. Good morning to all our loyal listeners, libertarians, and lovers of the leaf. I am your host, Honest Abe, and we are broadcasting episode number 487, titled Love is in the Air, Maybe, from sunny South Florida with my trusted gang as always, the man they call the goat, Alex Tavella, and broadcasting remotely from some parking lot in some remote area is the man who's always teaser and rumor free william cooper boom here we are good morning coop is doing his his best garrett robinson impersonation right and and he's even got the mic Uh, i wasn't driving i wasn't gonna drive and do this right he's not actually driving doing yeah cooper's parked folks he's parked and safe so what do you use? Are you using like a Starbucks Wi-Fi? Uh, uh, I'm using a uh, 5G, a really good 5G I have. So, yeah. Oh, let me turn that down. So, Coop, you're on your way south, heading to Miami, getting ready to go to Pro Cigar. That's right. And Coop is frozen. Coop is frozen, but that's okay. Coop will pop in and come back or something. Yeah, it's a long trip. I'm coming there in a couple trip. Oh, and he's gone. That's yeah, that, that, 5G, that 5G Wi-Fi, not so hot. Not so hot today, but I'm sure he'll be back. All right, so it's us. It's you, it's me. We're here. The show already started. Here First thing I'm going to you know, ask about was how painful was Sunday night? Um, How painful? Well, Sunday night sucked. I mean... Look, you hate to see your team lose. You know yeah. they're on. They're on a great. They had a great run, great year. Um, sadly, it's the third finals of the sports season that a Philadelphia team has lost. Uh, I've I've never been one of those guys though that has had their Monday mornings ruined by a Sunday football game. I'm I'm just I'm not that guy, but uh, you know you always want to see your team win, and it didn't go our way. You know, it happens. Should call there at the end though. Yeah, shitty call. You hate to see a game decided like that. Uh, you know, look, at the same time, when you give up, you know, three touchdowns back to back to back, you, you know, you kind of can't blame the refs. So, you know, they got they got out coached. They got out coached by their former head coach, Andy Wright. Right. You know, so kudos to him. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. They got a good team. They're going to be around for a while. Um, so what, what our consumers don't know is that loss cost them a whole sampler. That lost absolutely. <laughs> there was a no grease to pull sampler too. Yeah, there was no. I was fully prepared to come in Monday, fire out a a really good, you know, limited edition grease to pull sampler. I think our friend Coop is still frozen. 
Yeah, so everybody lost. Philly Sport Eagles lost, and unfortunately, you guys lost out on a great sampler. But hey, you know, who knows? There's there's more Philadelphia teams playing sports, and maybe they'll all lose finals. Maybe we'll do a grease to pole sampler before the finals. Let me ask you a question. And I'm not sure what your take on it. So <laughs> this is the first year, like, my family was all in the living room at halftime for the Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, they, usually they don't even know when the Super Bowl is. So I guess Petra's getting in that age now where her friends are talking. But you about said it. she's starting to get into and get into yeah. football. Why was there such I, I I I there was such social media backlash on the Rihanna halftime show. On Rihanna? I, I don't know why. Did I miss it? So I mean, backlash. Like, I mean, was, people were upset. Was. There was. So there, there's a couple things. First, number one, all the old white guys want to see rock bands. I mean, that's just it. All the old white guys don't want to see rock bands. You know, and no, it, it, maybe it wasn't as animated as Super Bowl's past. So as halftime shows past. In fairness, you know, the girl was pregnant, clearly, obviously. You know, and I'm going to guess that she probably wasn't pregnant. When she signed on to do, you know, of they don't course. do they don't do of the course. halftime show uh, decide a month before Super Bowl. Of course, but um, I don't I didn't have a problem with it, man. You know, to me, Rihanna, look, she's got a ton of hits. She's a good start. No, she she wasn't as maybe animated and 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 live lively as she usually is and, and dancing. Yes, uh, Quentin, nobody knew she was pregnant for about thirty seconds till till you seen her on stage and then. And then uh, we clearly knew she was pregnant. Yeah, you know, I think that's one of the things maybe why the platform thing, so she'd be limited to how she could move. Right, right. I, I think I think it's a little unfair that because what happens is everyone's judging these halftime shows to Prince and Bruno Mars, which were really like once in a lifetime performances. Absolutely, this wasn't a bad performance at all. It was a good performance, but Alex, you hit it right. The old white guys like myself, we, we still want to see the bands. And, you know, this is what theatrical, there was some lip syncing element put into this. I mean, it, that's just what's going to happen with this type of show. But I've seen worse shows. It, this wasn't the worst show. But because sure. it's not Prince and Bruno Mars, people are uh, feel like false, right, it's right. false short. And, and in fairness to these guys, you know, nobody gets paid for the Super Bowl halftime show. Now, now, now you can say. Which is oh, really well, mind-blowing. Well, you could say all the exposure they get and then the streams afterwards and this, that. But, you know, friendly reminder, Rihanna is worth $1.4 billion. So yep. she doesn't really need the Super Bowl exposure. Um, of course, everybody would love to, to play on that platform. I get it. It's I, I guess I get it from the NFL side. Like, listen, it's a Super Bowl halftime show. You're never going to have a bigger concert in your life. You know, we don't need to pay you. You want to do it or not? Somebody else is going to do it. Um. I get it. You know, the other thing and, and that was a little different was um, there were no there were no guest appearances. Yeah. Usually there's a couple of people that will step out out of the blue. And, and, and that and, and that usually brings a good element of surprise to the halftime show. Yeah. But what I don't get is, look, it's a free show for everybody. I mean, I, I just right. don't like, I, like my my all my daughters and their, my neighbor daughter came over and they were watching and they all loved the show and they were very happy with it. And I was surprised. I mean, yeah, you're right. It wasn't the most exciting show and it wasn't probably the most, you know, wow, but you got entertained. 
she sang her hits, sounded decent. I, I didn't understand it. I thought maybe I was missing something, but I guess maybe I'm not an old white guy yet. It, it was, as I said, it was, it was an okay show. It wasn't bad. It wasn't a bomb by any means, but you know, her set list maybe wasn't the one that's going to fire the crowd up either, unless you're a fan of hers, if that makes sense. Sure. Sure. But, um, I mean, I, the level of criticism compared to the show itself seemed like way, way off. That's what I was saying. It was a real, like a major disconnect, at least for me. Personally. I mean, like, I, re- I, I, re- I remember that, that halftime show by the weekend, which I thought was just the weirdest. Honest. It was awful. awful. It was just, it was just weird. It was like totally yeah. weird. And, and I don't think that got as much criticism as, yeah. you know, at least on social media ages as, as, as Rihanna did. You know, being the older white guy, right? I guess that's right. Yeah, but you you you're you're the older white guy, but you you span musical yeah. horizons. So, but yeah, but here's a good example though. When Bruno Mars came on, I was less than enthusiastic about that show, and after that performance, I really came out of it saying, "Wow, I, I, I'm glad I gave this guy a chance." So, you know, I don't know if this performance was gonna make the non-Rihanna fan into someone who was gonna be interested in Rihanna. True. Is that the purpose of it? They try to do, you know, they try to cast a nest in that wide, basically. So I don't think necessarily that's right. the purpose of it. But, you know, Bruno Mars, you know, I think a lot of people didn't give him, maybe I didn't give him a fair chance. And, and you know, I'm surprised he's doing like this old style Philly song he's doing like during the halftime show. And I'm like, wow, this is pretty cool. Yeah. You know, some, some, some of these guys, especially, um, you know, some people that maybe whose musical genre music you don't listen to, uh, you know, to see them perform live kind of sheds a, a, a different perspective. I, I remember one time I, uh, I, I worked a, the suites at a, at a concert, a, a Justin Timberlake and pink concert who I could give two shits about either one. But I, I mean, I don't, I don't listen to Justin. I don't but that concert performance from both of them was incredible. You know, so, so, you know, and Bruno Mars is one of those guys. You know, he yeah, you know, the energy, the 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 performance. I mean, they're they're real. You know, they're they're all kind of a throwback to real performers who not just Absolutely. make songs, but can really put on a show. Absolutely, Absolutely. But you know, I remember what happened was, you know, the Super Bowl moved away from these bands because they brought the Who on one year, and the Who was just they they shouldn't have been on. They were way past their prime. And it was not a good show. And I think after that, they said, no, we, we got to find something to entertain people better. I just got to believe that she's sitting there and if she's catching any of the social media posts, she's like, why do I even bother? Like you said, she's worth $1.4 billion. Why, why even bother? And most of it's in like makeup, I believe. Yeah. I don't think she's, I don't think she's released an album in like six, seven years. She doesn't have to <laughs> at this point. Nope. Good on her. Good on her is right. Good on her. Uh, well, that that was that for the Super Bowl. Um, what else we got going on? Valentine's Day. You guys do anything? Anything in particular? Any love in the air? Any love in the air? As this, as Alex has themed our show this week, this Maybe. Valentine's Day. I mean, Paul. If Paul was here, Paul had a what? He had some. He had some Valentine's Day gathering shit at his house again. Paul Paul had some hibachi <laughs> Valentine's Day party of sorts last Saturday, which I guess explains why 
last week's explanation of why he wasn't on the show. But I, I, yeah, I guess Paul. I mean, Paul went all the way, and it's funny because Coop texted us, texted Paul in a nice part, and I didn't even notice it when he said that. I went back and looked. I'm like, oh, this guy had a whole to do. Hey, for, but you guys for, weren't invited. No, of course. Well, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, after the whole uh, Friendsgiving, right? Well, you know, it was, it was, you know, how it wasn't, you know, intentional. Here's an opportunity to make up for it for the Valentine, the Hibachi Valentine's Day party. You guys, I, I, look, I live, I live in North Carolina. I'm, I'm, I understand I'm not getting invited. There was an opportunity here, or say, hey, go, go to you guys. Say, hey, I'm having this party, but can't invite you guys because of, um, you know, whatever. Something room. Instead, uh, instead, uh, I, see the, I, see, I see the pictures from this Hibachi Valentine's Day party. It looked interesting. I ain't gonna lie to you. I never heard of it doing anything like that, but it was interesting looking. You know, so, it's funny because. Alex's wife, Marissa, said something to us when we were talking about this. And the officer there, she's like, you know, does his wife not like you? I'm like, no. Stephanie's great. And I like we've actually been out with them as couples. She she's awesome. I, I, I really we've come down to determinations. Paul just doesn't want his friends exposed to Alex and I. He, Paul, 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 Paul amongst his friends is probably the cool guy, you know. <laughs> You know, so he, he probably is very nervous about having maybe Alex and I around his friends. We might make them woke to Paul. So I don't know. Yeah, I, you know, we, we we I don't know if Paul wants us there for the live moment when he's when he's taking loads to the face of Safi. <laughs> that, that's the best picture. <laughs> this is this is what was going on at, at Paul's house on Saturday. And Paul knew he was a. Zoomer, as soon as uh, that picture was posted, he knew what was coming. Of course, of course, <laughs> no. of course. I just don't know why that hibachi chef's making that face. Well, I mean, <laughs> that's the face of I can't believe this guy is actually sitting here with his mouth wide <laughs> open. <laughs> <What? Yeah. laughs> But, um, I mean, no, we didn't really do anything for Valentine's Day. You know, exchanged some gifts, and kids had little bags of whatever type of gifts. But that, that's it. I mean, we keep it simple. You know, Valentine's Day's weird. It's on a fucking – it was on a Tuesday this year, and, you know, we're, we're barely recovering from Christmas. You know, Valentine's Day always flies right in. How about you, Coop? Uh, any, any, any spark of romance still there in, in your – in your golden years? Well, the spark of romance is there. We, we've never been big Valentine's Day uh, people, my wife and I. Uh, her birthday is coming up the first week in March, so we tend to um, do something with that. Um, we, we are doing something a little interesting this year. We are having um, a party. And I'm mentioning this because we were hoping to have it around Valentine's Day, but we just wanted to time it right. We're having a mortgage burning party. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, so we're actually, uh, but we wanted to make sure we had the whole thing like it was officially paid off before we do it. So we're gonna do it's an old school mortgage burning party. We'll probably do it the first week in March. So we're kind of looking forward to that because it, it, it's a big deal when you I look. I'm, I'm debt free for the first time in my life. I don't know how long that will last, but um, at least for now, I am. Yeah. We we I listen. I'm so used now. I'm so used to the last 17, 16 years not celebrating Valentine's Day with my wife because the great smoke is typically like days or a week out from Valentine's Day. Yeah, literally. I think I, I think two years ago it kicked off on 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 Valentine's Day. Did yeah, I kick off? Or? the great smoke for Valentine's Day. Weekend. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, so we I haven't had Valentine's Day with my wife for sixteen years. So then. 
I literally thought about it like a week before, 10 days before. Like, well, fuck. I could actually do Valentine's Day with my wife and call basically every restaurant that we would like to go to, and there was no getting into anything. Oh, a week, a week before is tough. Oh, yeah, there was no getting into anything. And I actually I got a good relationship with the matron D woman over at Oceano Grill in Lake Worth. I don't know if you've ever been there, Alex. I haven't. Freaking amazing. The chef there, they don't take reservations unless you've got party parties or six or more. And luckily, my family's six, so it kind of works out. But they got a nice outdoor seating area. You can hang out while you're waiting. But the um, the chef there, uh, you actually trained under Joel Rubichon. So this guy is really, really good. And it's a different menu every day. And it's like, here's what's on our menu today. So what we like to do as a family when we go there is we order everything on the menu. It's like eight items. And we just all take that one piece and spread it around, you know, divvy it up six ways and all taste a little bit of everything on the menu. Well, they had for Val, she hooked me up, got us a reservation at 8.30. And um, we were just going to go have Valentine's Day with the kids. That way we can get the reservation and get in there. And then I looked, and it was a prefix menu uh, oh. for, for Valentine's Day, which is not really a problem. But, like, four of the six items was, like, shellfish. And my wife can't have shellfish. Oh, so you got so, two portions. Yeah, well, so we just we just stayed home and did a family dinner. My wife and I cooked uh, some fillets and uh, asparagus, and we just had a family dinner at home for Valentine's Day. But you, 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 you mentioned something, and... I don't know where this started or I, I guess I get it, but it kind of sucks because like same. I have I have a, a $200 gift card to Tremonti over on Atlantic Ave, which will probably pay for half a meal for two people over Tremonti. <laughs> That's not that bad. But I have the same problem. They don't you know, so I want to I, I want to go to Tremonti. I want to take Mercer. I don't want to go with the kids, but they don't take reservations for two. It's got to be four or more. It's a, so it's I'm a, like ridiculous new trend. Yeah, like what? The, so either I got to go at like four o'clock, or I got to go at a normal time and and stand outside on Atlantic Ave for an hour and a half and wait to to get seated as as a walk in. I, I don't know what this trend is of we don't take reservations for two. Uh, it's just I'm starting to see it more and more in 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 in, in uh, hot restaurants. Yeah, you know? right. And the worst is if they don't take reservations. Yeah, you know, if, if I'm traveling, usually we're six, maybe eight. You know. Yep. Really, how do you not take reservations? You want us to just right. show up and eat people at your fucking door? We wait for hours at a hot yeah. spot for, for, you know, essentially it's all, uh, table eight. You know, you got to wait till two tables next to each other at minimum. Yeah. Leave. Yeah. yeah new, new trend. I don't get it. I don't get it. I, I, I want to go back to Paul for one minute because I want to. <laughs> so, so just, it's, it's funny. So I, you know, some of you guys may have noticed I, I've, I've been working on the KMA YouTube page a little bit. Um, you know, mo most of most of our, our viewers watch from Facebook, but I've been trying to just clean up the page, make it look good. And so I happen to stumble upon comments. You know, we don't we don't often communicate with comments too much from um, YouTube commenters after the fact, because we don't you know, YouTube's a weird place for comments. You really got to, like, go and be in there to um, comment. But there's a comment from a year ago, a year ago, a one year ago. From the episode 436 with Steve Saka. This comment is from Rakesh Rabi. I don't mind saying his name because he commented on YouTube public. Here is the comment. Seriously, fire Paul or stop harping on him. 
I've been watching the show for going on three years, and I'm damn near done due to the rants about Paul. It's not funny like it is on Cigar Authority when they make fun of Mr. Jonathan. It's sad and makes me feel sorry for Paul, even though he's the one screwing up. At this point, it's on you, Abe. Put up or shut up, please, and thank you. So while feeling sorry for Paul, this guy is also lobbying for you to fire Paul. I guess we've lost Rakesh as a viewer. I assume we've lost Rakesh. He's clearly a Cigar Authority viewer. I mean, that's Clearly. the other thing he just himself in, which is fine. Kudos, yeah. kudos to him. But uh, yep. yeah, while, while feeling sorry for Paul also wants you to just fire Paul. I don't understand how he just doesn't understand that this is the dynamic of our relationship. Right. <laughs> and, and, and not really, not just on the show. This is like, oh, yeah. this is the true dynamic of our relationship. I just shout abuse and he enjoys it. I don't care what anybody says. Paul enjoys it. It's a form of attention for Paul. Oh, yeah. Oh, nobody, nobody could take that that long without enjoying it. So I'm just providing my friend what he's desiring, even though we're probably not friends. <laughs> You're not a friends given. Yeah, we're not. Yeah, we're we're not friend. We're not invitation friend worthy for Paul. <laughs> Yeah, you're not. You're we're not. We're not friends enough to get an invitation, which is which is okay. You know, at this point, it's, yeah. it's that's funny. Ben's comment. That's <laughs> <laughs> called backup account. <laughs> wow, Rakesh Robbie. Oh, well, we're we're sorry you couldn't take it, Rakesh. Um, so, we we got a big day tomorrow. I'm excited. Are you excited? I'm excited. I, I enjoy. I I like the Renaissance Fair. Hell yeah! Oh, oh, no? I love the Renaissance eating Fair. With, eating with your fingers and Alex is a weird cookie man. He's got like some things he's like really into. I mean, like I mean, when you got an eight year old son, yeah, I'll spend an afternoon running around with him and his best friend going there. But when that kid outgrows that shit, you'll never see me at a Renaissance Fair again. Oh no! I have. I'm. I I love it. It's great. Well, number one, I come home. I come home with a new. I come on with a new sword every year, so that's always, you know. Yeah. Me. But, yeah, I already have. You know, we're going tomorrow with kids. Next week I'm going with, with adults. Me and, and, oh, my and God. Danny. You're going multiple times? Oh, yeah. Oh, me and Danny Briggs always have to go. Well, yeah, uh, that's that's our thing. Wow. N- not, a, not, a, not a Renaissance Fair guy, Coop? I, I'm not into the whole medieval thing. That is, that's, I guess, the thing. I'm, I'm not into the whole medieval thing. You know, so um, – and isn't that where you eat with your fingers or something like that too? And no, you're talking about okay. So you're talking about the medieval knights thing. That's it. Yes, you're right. Okay. That's a dinner show. This thing's a three month long festival every weekend, Saturday and Sunday, sunrise and sunset, where thousands of people are cosplaying, walking around a park that's set up with vendors and jousting and crafts and whatever. And um, I mean, come I mean, on, man, what the fuck? You look at this guy. <laughs> I mean, this is real. I don't know if you did this on purpose. Because Alex picked the, la- the day we went last time. and You know that you picked, like, because it's a three months long or two and a half month long thing. So oh, every yeah. week is a different theme. Like, Wizards. Are- you know you picked Steampunk now twice in a row? Did I? I didn't. But yeah. you know what's cool about that? That I don't I wonder if he'll be there when you first walk in. That, that guy that plays yeah. that. The piano, drum, the piano, piano yeah. drum thing is yeah. fucking awesome. 
Yeah, you, you literally picked the same themed weekend two times in a row. I, I didn't realize that. Yeah, but, uh, that's cool. Theme, I love theme it. Punk weekend. Love it. So, Looking to see what else, what new shit I can take home. Uh, so, Alec, you're, you're dressing up like as a night at a round table or something like that. No, I don't. I don't dress up, unfortunately. Okay. Uh, I, I I can't be that guy. Um, okay, it, I, I didn't I, see that. I didn't see that. No, 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 no. no. I'm I'm not, all I'm, I can see you dressing as Mickey Mouse, right? But I can't of course. see you. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't. Yeah. I'm not dressing okay. up. Okay. Um, okay. To me, Alex, it's, it's wild. Alex doesn't dress up for work. Why is he going to dress up for? Right. Right. Um, but it, it's wild to me to see some of these people dressed up. Like I don't, you know, the, the the and we're talking about people, not the performers. I mean, you could easily mistake just people there for, for these people go all out like to to actually like walk around and do things all day and like you know full armor and swords and, and right shit is, is is wild to me. I don't know where you're going. Allison, but this fair is not cigar friendly. I mean, I I don't think there's anything. Oh yeah, there's no smoking. Is there no smoking? Are you sure? I don't know. I thought they had like little smoking spots. Maybe I don't know. But uh, listen, it's not somewhere I'd want to smoke anyway. There's 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 kids everywhere. Yeah. I mean, there's just there's nowhere to like smoke and not be blowing smoke around a kid. So. Yeah, I, uh, I, and I agree with that. You know, I don't really enjoy smoking when there's a lot of kids around. It's just I feel, right. you know, it's that's there's places we have to do that, you know. Right. Yeah. Right. Speaking of smoking, we dropped another TGS release, Ernesto. Yes. I'm going to tell you something because I, I couldn't smoke because we were having internet problems. Right. During the thing, so I had to run home, do my broadcast from home, just in case we dropped here. Alex was here. I was at home. And um, I smoked it on the patio. Um, enjoyable. I, I really like that cigar. I wish. No, I bought, very good cigar. My 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 my. The box I cracked open is still at the house. Otherwise, I was going to smoke one today. But I'm smoking one. Oh, there's a, well, there's the one I cracked open there too. So you could have. Oh, I forgot about that. We usually crack only one open. I forgot. Yeah, because I had gone home with a box and I forgot to give him a cigar. Yeah, it was interesting. You know how Ernesto talked about how he used. Uh, Matafina in that cigar, and it was really one of the only times you could use it because he only had uh, what was it 1600 pounds of it? Yeah, but you see how I made him go into perspective on poundage because when, when, when a manufacturer says I have 16 to 1700 pounds of this Matafina, the consumer's like, Wow, that's a shitload of tobacco, and then I had to make him put it in perspective. On right. what yeah, we'll go through about 400,000 yeah. pounds this year, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, Ernesto's not. He does a few things with Brazilian tobacco. I don't remember him using Matafina much. I know he's used Outer Paraca, um, but yeah, I only can think of one other instance he's used the Matafina. So, um, so for our TGS blend, he used the Matafina. The Matafina, yeah. which he used a lot of, he was really yeah, kind of yeah. saving for some special projects. So he he used it in, our, in the blend that he made for TGS, and that went up on sale this past Wednesday. And we have one final release left and that's going to be rafael nodal which is on march 1st so looking forward to that and i'm proud to say everybody is locked in now for a 2024 release okay good got a couple big come big big things some i think some unexpected on a tgs release for 2024. this was a big year abe i mean i look at the lineup you've had this year you've had saka alec bradley Robert Holt, well, not the biggest name. AJ blended that cigar with, um, you know, so that AJ is involved. Ernesto and, you know, Rafael Alta. That, that's a hell of a lineup. 
Not even that, just for the in-store events. We got Jonathan Drew. We got Steve Saka at an in-store event. We yep. got Matt Booth. We got Terrence Riley. We got Eric Espinosa doing a tailgate party uh, the morning of. I mean, it was like an all-star cast. I mean, like, big cast this year for the Great Smoke, you know? And, you know, here's the thing. And even, even like, so, so far, at least, like, the last two years, right? They're, like, last year, the sleeper cigar was that ADV. Yeah, right. I agree. Little, little. So I, I feel like Robert Hole is in that same realm this year. You know, I agree. maybe maybe the the lesser I don't want to say the lesser name, but not as big. Lesser now. known. Lesser known. Not, but that that cigar is, is is phenomenal. Phenomenal. But yeah, but again, you know, Robert has a pretty good track record. And but on top sure. of that, he uh, you know AJ's blending it. So again, that's one of the top guys. These, these are all top cigar makers that are been right. involved with this. Uh, very really impressive lineup with that um for sure well we have some news that you're going to hear first here on kma if you're tuning in <clears throat> we're cutting down the tgs releases to three companies next year make it a little bit easier on us a little yep. bit easier on the consumers and we don't want to run out of people in five years so right you know right. you know we started out with six during a digital experience and cut it down to five mostly because of timing yeah, between when tickets go on sale and and whatever but we think three is going to be a good number and i got the three I'm, I'm very excited about these projects because the companies that we're working with are not only big and and well known and have phenomenal historical brands um they're excited about this they're, they're very excited about this we have a very interesting theme next year that obviously we'll make public at the end of the great smoke this year so uh, we're we're kind of a little excited about. It. We get ahead of ourselves, you know. We get ahead of ourselves. I mean, but, you have to, you have yeah. to, you have to give these guys time to, you know. And that's the thing, you know. We're not, we're we're not asking asking people to, you know, come up with an exclusive cigar a couple of months before the event. We really want them to take the time and blend something, that because as we've said before, we have no input on it. So this is on you guys. This is your show. It's not like a micro blend where we were part of it. And if you didn't like it, well, we kind of picked it. We thought you would. This this is totally on the manufacturer to come up with something that they want to display at one of the biggest stages of the year for them. And, and Esto made a good point. Anybody who didn't see that broadcast, whether whether you got a ticket for the Great Smoke or not, though you really should if you haven't, um, it was a good interview. It was a good interview. It was a really good interview with Ernesto. Um, you know, he talked about how it's harder for them when we do that easier for us sure. Sure. harder for them because we put it all on their lap you know we give them some kind of direction they're following some protocol they're not as worried so now he gets more conscious of what am i going to create because we literally gave them no guidelines but most of that is because of timing you know if you look at our blend projects you know it really takes about a year and a half by the time we start talking to them and it hits the market at least because sometimes if we're lucky They'll send us three or four or five blends and we'll like one of those. But most times, eh, you know, and then we go, we like this one, but we want a little bit more strength into it and whatever. So that process of going back and forth, you know, Coop, you know, that, that oh, takes yeah. months just in that. Yeah. So, um, you know, we don't really have that time. So we just let them run with it. And uh, it was very interesting. I made a comment. So anybody watching our show this morning, anybody who's a big ring gauge, you know, 60 ring gauge guy, big ring gauge guy, you know, the the plethora of choices that you have today available available by many, many manufacturers and the big ring gauges, you know, 56, 
plus, um, I believe is solely attributed to Ernesto Perez Carrillo. Totally. And, uh, he he started that movement that that came right off of the Serie R line and it hasn't turned back. So if you're one of those guys who enjoys those big ring gauges, that's who you have to thank for it being so popular in today's culture. What was the Serie R line like the first? It well, was the first first real out there. There might have been like immenso and a couple like novelty, yeah, releases in that size. But like, but you have to remember the first two Serie R was was four and five, and they were kind of like 54, 56 ring gauges. They weren't. It was when he released six and seven. Yeah. Uh, there were way bigger ring gauges, and that, but they took off, and they were like, we couldn't keep them in stock. I was a small store at the time, 900 square feet, and I'm ordering 30 boxes of crack, 40 boxes of crack of this stuff, which is a lot for a little store. We we seldom order 30, 40 boxes of crack now, about you know, most of our lines. So um, it was really, really hot. Yeah, he definitely popularized it. And then, you know, 10 years later, he comes out with Inch with EPC that's around right around the same time asylum comes out so that was all like around 2012 so um yeah those Ryan, were significant those were significant they were all big ring gates lines well if you want some information about the upcoming release I guess Brian chatted with Raphael no doubt little inside info there yeah mm-hmm. yeah that that could be that could be why Raphael, Raphael is not returning my calls anymore. Who knows? But <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I'm just I, I I'll be with him next week. So <laughs> so and Ernesto brought up something else that was cool. We were talking about the uh, the uh, Sheng Zhao, his his uh, Zodiac cigar yeah. box. Now, Coop, you have a box. I have so a box, yeah. what what I what I found interesting is uh, you know not only did he he say that he he struggled to make sure that that each cigar was completely different, but he, he would also find himself going back to the drawing board because he, he wanted his interpretation of like, you know, this cigar doesn't feel like the dragon or the rabbit or, I mean, as if to put enough pressure on yourself to make 12 distinct lines in one box, you're yeah. also trying to give them a feel of your interpretation of what that zodiac sign should come across as. You gotta give them credit, yeah, on that, yeah. Coop, do you ever remember anybody who attempted something like this? Like twelve different blends. Yeah. The and only one person. Of each. He, yeah, but they didn't do it in a sample. Remember Eddie Ortega did that uh, that wild bunch thing. Yeah, but those were each boxes of their own blend. Yeah, we each yeah. boxes. Yeah, and they were released. They were released over a year. Right. Yeah, I can't remember anyone doing it. Certainly in the luxury cigar segment, um, that this is an eighty-three dollars cigar. So box is a thousand dollars. So I don't remember. I certainly don't see anyone doing that. And for Ernesto, that's a big deal because Ernesto's. His mantra has always been keep the cigars under fifteen dollars. That's always been it. So I'm sure he felt even right. added pressure doing these these zodiac cigars, saying like with the idea of this is going to be a super premium offering. Yeah. So kudos to him. Yeah. And then that, yeah, but I can't box. think of Abe. Now you say it, I can't think of anyone who's done the sample it, like it's that. It's really an absurd project. You think? Yeah. So what do you make? He made three hundred or three hundred boxes of these. I no, he made. I think he made like. 
twelve fifty and like two fifty or three hundred were for the state, something like that. The boxes for the U.S. Right, so yeah. whatever twelve fifty, right, or twenty five hundred, whatever the number is. But yeah, like if you really liked one of the blinds, you really aren't getting another one. Yeah, you got to go buy a whole other box. You got to go yeah. buy a thousand dollar box. No, right? we, were, we were we were talking. If it like becomes a cigar of the year candidate, it's just not. That's why we're not going to consider samplers anymore because things like that's just too expensive. Right. Is, yeah. that, is, is that so? Let me ask you a question as yeah. a media guy. Right. You consider that a sampler? Um, no, I because guess that's a bad word. A sampler, a sampler, in my mind, would be an, an offering of an assortment of readily available cigars. Yeah, yeah, it's a collection. Like maybe collection is a better word for this. Collection's a good word. Collection's yeah, a good word. I think it's more of it's a collection in this case. Yeah. So that will not merit any uh, a, a evaluation for cigar of the year. It, it's just not practical. I mean, it's just uh, if because the amount of cigars I have to smoke for cigar of the year, I'd have to get like, you know, you get up to five or six cigars. I'm looking at five or six thousand dollars. Call call Ernie. Tell him you need four more boxes. You can. Well, so <laughs> so Coop, when when you do reviews, do you do more than one cigar of uh, that cigar? With, like yeah, initially there's usually three cigars smoked. And then if it's if it's kind of some deemed for cigar of the year, it's at least one or two more after that. So really, this will be tough for you to even do a review on because you only have we're, one. We're, we're going to use the video format. Uh, we're going to use our smoking syndicate video format. We're going to have like a round table and each of us is going to smoke a different blend on it is what we decided to do. That's a good idea. Yeah, because otherwise it's, you know, it's not practical. So we may do a second iteration of that afterwards. And maybe there'll be like one written review. No, that's a, that's a good idea. We, yeah. we each I mean, had a different Chinese New Year we were born in, so it made it easier. There you go. Perfect. Oh, that's yeah. cool. What 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 are you, Coop? You're the sheep. <laughs> I don't have a good one. <laughs> I, I, I'm 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 you're the rat. <laughs> which, which in Chinese New Year is, is a yeah. good thing. Chinese uh, zodiac is a good thing. I know Alex's definition of rat's a whole other thing. Uh, <laughs> I'm the dog. Yeah, yeah. What? I'm the dog. Oh, the dog. You're the dog. Uh, not a bad one. Like, none of us had, like, Year of the Dragon or Tiger when we were, like, picking the New Year's to smoke. Like, none of us on the team had a, a really cool one. What like, month Dragon and Tiger what year cool. did Dragon or Tiger? Because those are two pretty cool animals to be. Dragon's next year. Yeah, oh, no, it's by year. That's right. It's by year. Dragon's going to be next year. Yeah, Tiger was the year before this one. You know what? I, you know what I miss. Just in the, you know what I miss because you know, I don't. I don't find this. You, you ever you, a Chinese restaurant where you actually go sit down and they would have the little red. Your placeholder was the red paper and it had all the zodiacs around it. Yeah, yes. yeah. Yes. You don't yeah. see that anymore. That's, that's oh, where I, I first learned I was a rat. I know. Right. Of course. That's how, yeah. Yeah. And we give all the dates. Yeah. Oh, how fitting. There's a there's a tiger. Tiger, Tim Cheese, you know, and you know, um, growing up, you know, my mom was Catholic oh, and my nice. dad was Jewish, so we do Christmas Eve on my mom's side of family, and then we would do Christmas Day kind of with my dad's side of family. So we, you know, the whole thing is the Jewish people go out for Chinese food. That's what we did every year, and we always go to one of these really nice Chinese restaurants, you know, in New York, and I remember that. Um, for unfortunately that. 
tradition has come to pass. I've started a new Christmas Eve tradition. Friends have grown apart, but uh, yeah, me and me and uh, I used to go. We would go for years to Christmas Eve. That was our that was our tradition. Um, we would go to Chinese restaurant Christmas Eve. Bunch of us, me and a bunch of friends. But uh, it was, what, it's always packed. It's always year? packed. Oh, you got to get a reservation, yeah. So we started a new tradition this year. This starting this year, and I think we're going to move because it's simple, it's easy, and we got people people over if we want. But uh, we make pizzas. We made pizzas this year. Oh, that's it. Like made that. made them out dough. Made our own pizzas. Right. Yeah, what yeah. You, what do you use to cook it? I use the oven. I have pizza, so I put the oven up as high as you can, and which doesn't really. I mean, it does the job. It won't give it like a nice hot super. I got that, I got that stone you, thing. You have that stone thing. Yeah, um, no, I buy those 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 round trays with the holes in it. It gives it a decent crisp, but it's fun. Kids love. Kids get the you know do shit and throw shit on pizza. So right, yeah, we've moved on the pizzas. I'm not. I'm not. You know, there's not enough of us for for me to undertake the whole seven fishes thing. I just you know, growing up with that, the the production that it is, oh, and 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 the problem is the problem is and and you know. Like even going to ask like my mother for those recipes, my mother doesn't know how to cook for four, six, you know, cooking a pot of gravy was a fucking right. witch's cauld cauldron right. on the, you know, there is no like uh, make it for four. Right. So yeah, those, those recipes are, 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 um, and, and there's even, and, and I'm sure you both can, there's, there's, there's no. No one in my family has a recipe book of of amounts. It's you know a handful of this, a right, pinch right. of this. Yeah. You know, there's not there's no there's no quarter teaspoon, half teaspoon yeah. written down. It's you know handful. Yeah. And, and, and you so, know what, our Alex, we have six, right? And half like seafood and half don't. Right. So you're really like, what do you? Yeah. You know? yeah. When, I then, first, yeah. when I first when I first moved to Florida, a lot of my friends and patrons who became my friends are all Italian, so we we would get invited. I would get invited to Christmas Eve seven fishes, and then you know I started dating Brandy, and my wife's allergic to shellfish. And you know you don't when someone invites you, you don't want to tell them that. Yeah. You know, and yeah. you know, and she's petrified because you know, even though there could be a regular fish dish, she's worried about cross contamination. I didn't want anybody going out, so like she would sit there and like slowly kind of put her food on my plate, you know, and you know, unannouncing, you know. But yeah, I mean. You're allergic to shellfish. That's not a dinner you want to be hanging out at. No, no, no. Right. I mean, it's even it's you know most of it's in the gravy. It's in everything. It's all that's, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. what she's worried about. Yeah, yeah. she'll starve. She won't go to a restaurant that that like a, you know a seafood fried Cajun restaurant where they're doing like fried stuff. If if um, because she'll ask them, but most of the time she don't trust them. They'll lie. But like you know, because you you figure just order a fried fish or whatever, but. If they're frying the shrimp, they're dropping the fish in the same oil. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. <laughs> How true is that? Not a restaurant. Right. Right. Yep, absolutely. absolutely. Yep, absolutely. Man, let me tell you something. If there's anybody who I'd like to go, if this man is right here, I would look, I mean, I see his pictures. He's always doing great dinners uh -huh. over but yeah. the bread man, man, if I'm ever in your area, I'm going to surprise visit <laughs> and for that piece. And, and listen, you know for sure 
Craig has the good bread on the table. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's the bread man. He is the really bread man. So you know he's got a good loaf on the table for dipping. Yeah, yeah. That's the oh, best. That, that oil. Oh. So I know Coop's got news coming on, but you know, after the break, but an interesting thing caught my eye for this week. Actually, Alex brought up to me was the uh, acid cubariety. How many of our listeners heard about this? First off, interesting name. Not sure what that's supposed to be, but this is how that's got Jonathan written all over it. You know, I'm very leery. Put that picture up. Yep. I don't know why. But if I see a peg hole in a package of premium right. cigars, I'm I'm already turned off as a, as a cigar guy. I, I don't know if I'm just being overly touchy about it. I mean, what's your feelings on this? Group? Um, you know, I thought it was an interesting announcement. I I don't think I've seen anything like that announced before. Um, name I mean, these packs called- these packs exist. Let's not. Yeah. Right. Let's not, you know, uh, miss this point. These packs exist. They've existed for a while. I found it interesting how they're trying to, because to me it looks like almost that they're trying to transcend the acid smokers into the mainstream start. That's what I took out of this. Now, when you say these packs existed, so these have already been sold in the past? No, I mean like these kind of these fresh packs. Ziploc. Yeah. You know, let's hook it on a pegboard at a convenience store, gas station, yeah, yeah. packaging. It's it's been out for a while. Yeah, but what it is a key thing, Abe. What you just said. Look what they're doing. They're under Crown is kind of being positioned in the convenience store now. It's a, and it's a, exactly what they're trying to do. They're trying well, to bring it my, over. Here's my concern. Looking at from within the industry, right? Um, I I think under Crown being in Ziploc packaging is no less detrimental than the Monte Cristos or the Romeos or the Cohibas or that you already see. For me, there's always things I haven't done in the shop that either my staff or consumers have asked me to do. I've never wanted any one of our lounges to look like a 7-Eleven. For me, those packagings make you look like a 7-Eleven, right? You got that pegboard, you're hanging up there. I'm not a big fan of it. I think it almost... For me, like, this is my personal opinion, so I'm, I'm not getting into heated debates about this with anybody. But it's sacrilegious to the artisan work that goes into making a cigar, right? One of the beauties when you look, one of the beauties when you, when I've gone, when I've gone to Capitol Hill and debated with many of these manufacturers about what makes us a premium cigar is different from the rest of the people, we literally show them the packaging. The artisan artwork packaging, these foil boxes, wood boxes, whatever. And this just, for me, goes totally against that. It just makes it fast food. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I think Allison, I mean, she nailed it. I, I see that package, and, and I the, the vision I see is hanging behind a counter at a truck stop, a gas station, and, you know, on a wall. Uh, not, you know, this doesn't scream premium cigar to me. You know, it's I, I don't disagree, I but I've always I, – I love the artists and work of the boxes, and people have heard me rant about this. I cannot stand paper bundles. I mean, 
if, if there's another, I, if, I would craft paper bundles just absolutely irritate the crap out of me. Um, well, at least I can at least I can see the cigars with these. Is what I'm if saying. it's a specialty limited item, that's one thing. Any regular production, yeah, I get that. And for mail order, yeah. I get it too. I totally get it for those things. Yeah, but if one of the weird quirky rules that I have, Alex will tell you my humidor. I'm probably one of the few retailers outside of Davidoff because they have a whole system, but. Like a lot of these manufacturers will create wooden cigar holders to help retailers make more shelf space. So it'll be a branded thing, and then they'll put the Toro, Robustos, Coronas, and you know, we don't use those in my store. Don't like the right. look of them, never did. I like the look of the open box and the cigars that belong in that box. You know, I'd rather build bigger humidors than take out eight beautiful looking boxes and shrink them down into a wood tray, you know, for space. Yeah. So that's just me. That's just me and my stack. But what makes me wonder about this and especially the way they packaged it, they didn't put like two Cuba Cubas and a sweet Jane or a tobacco special. I wonder if they're worried about the future of that brand and trying to start people to get to more, what they're going to feel will be more legislation safe lines. Like the underground. Like the underground. Yeah. You know, the one thing when a company discontinues a cigar line, they usually uh, tell the sales team what someone should go to. Like they'll make a record. Like, if you're smoking this and you may want to smoke that. Right. You know, and in the convenience stores, you don't have that kind of hand sale. So, you do this it's an interesting it's an interesting point Abe. i think it's there's something to what you're saying with that i think i yeah I, yeah I, this is my personal opinion no inside information of it but i think they're positioning themselves in the event that that line gets caught up with all the flavor bands that are going on and yep. look historically we've already seen it most people know the you know the the line in the sand story and whatnot this industry, most of them, whether quietly or publicly, aren't that concerned about saving flavored cigars. True. Now, See, they, now they basically didn't do anything about it for years. Yeah. So now it's a now it is a little more of a, a but like four or five years ago, everyone was sitting on their hands about this. No, there, there was really a big CRA and IPCBI sat on their hands on it. Yeah. Yeah, there was a big fallout. Literally yeah. because of this very topic, sure. The yep, car industry was, and we're not going to bring it up or rehash it. But there was a big fallout because the premium cigar industry wasn't yep. looking to protect lines like Acid. Um, yep. the time, you know, Drew Estate was still owned by John and Marvin, which you know, for me, I, I have to believe on some level, on some level, I don't know. This is all hypothetical, but that may have almost inspired the sale because if I'm friends. And, and we are. We're friends. Jonathan and Marvin have, you know, have been to my wedding. I stood up at their wedding. We go to our other manufacturers, you know, birthdays and weddings. We're, we're friends, most of us, especially guys who've been doing this now for over two or three decades. And when you're looking around the room and all these guys who are your friends are basically saying that we have zero interest in protecting your product. Like, we're willing to cut, cut, cut you loose. Yeah, I think that had to be extremely disheartening for those guys. I, I think that 
because it was shortly after that, that I, I believe the um, sale happened. It was the, within a year, within a year we, or two. So we, we had we had Marvin on the show a few weeks ago, and you know Marvin literally moved himself to to the DC area for a while and was yeah. really working. People, I don't think realize how hard he was working um, to protect this industry. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I, I really kind of gotta believe yeah. just looking at that packaging that that is almost a preemptive move to try to get anyone who's currently on that brand to try more mainstream cigar lines that they feel will be you know obviously yeah a lot easier to keep protected so me as a consumer i like the box it comes in me too john i'm with you yep I'm yeah with you. no i mean they, they, look a cigar always looks better displayed in the box it comes in um we, we we have a we have a outside account of ours uh golf course that that buys super high-end cigars i mean these guys buy hundred dollars cigars to stock their humidors with but they get them and they take them out of the box and put them in their own humidors in different sections of of, of a literally a you know 100 count here and I, I try to convince them, like, listen, man, I mean, you guys are buying Davidoff Royal Salamones, taking them in the box and then laying them out in a, in a you know, regular humidor that you, you're totally missing the, the beauty of, of, of what goes in you know, to these cigars. Um, you know, outside of my hands, but point is, yeah, I mean, look, there's, there's, there's time and there's effort and there's thought process that goes into how these cigars are, are displayed by manufacturers and the boxes and the beautiful artwork that they create and, and the beautiful boxes that some of them create. And, and especially with those trays, I don't, I don't love trays. I don't love the trays at all because it just, it, it, yeah, just, I feel like the mindset of, you know, a cigar in a tray next to a cigar in a box, all things being equal, the consumer is always going to be more move towards that cigar displayed in it in its box than sitting in a tray with a bunch of sizes i'm agreeing with you on that well on that note we gotta take a short break but don't go anywhere lots of stuff coming up in hour number two see week two of tail the tape would you rather we have a name that jam this week of course we do we're all set for a very action-packed exciting hour number two we'll be right back right after this keep it lit Phenomenal. 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 Explore the unexplored with St. Louis Ray Carenas. Set sail to discover an extraordinary Honduran cigar deeply anchored in tradition. The St. Louis Ray Carenas features a Nicaraguan wrapper cloaked over 100% Honduran tobacco that make up the binder and filler. The St. Louis Ray Carenas in the Toro size received a 93 rating in Cigar Aficionado and was featured in their illustrious Top 25 Cigars of 2021 list. St. Louis Ray Carinas is available in four different sizes, a Robusto, Toro, Bellicoso, and Magnum. So get ready to take a trip back in time to experience the heritage of St. Louis Ray with the St. Louis Ray Carinas. 
Surgeon General Warning. Cigar smoking can cause cancers of the mouth and throat, even if you do not inhale. What is that? Looks like a big giant hole in the ground. Uh, with my father in. Hey, need any help? Ah, you don't know the truth. You don't know nothing. Well, how would I? The only time you let me come on a plumbing trip with you, you fired me after 10 minutes. Because you were incompetent. I was seven. This is my father, Mordecai. 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 And this is the story. Are you having trouble hearing for nothing? I had trouble hearing, period. Of how one small change. The new iPhone. <laughs> you see how people stare at that thing. I don't understand there's no buttons. Opened up his world. I'll teach you. I take lessons from iPhone. In ways he never imagined. It's time you lived a little. You're an 80-year-old man. Act like it. Is this your family? Yeah. It was 1939. It was this world war. We had to leave everything. Well, I probably odd on Marvin, I know. I just wanted him to have better life than I had. Maybe you can tap into what was missing. I work on being a father to my son. What's with the ice cream? Makes you feel like a kid again. What? Now make you feel young? <laughs> ice cream make me feel young. I'm not raised to be old man. But you are old to me. Hello! This is first iPhone call. It's nice to be young. It's nice to be old. Nice to have fun with no buttons. <laughs> it's nice to have family. What can I help you with? You are Siri? Yes, I'm Siri. Oh, Siri, that's a nice name. I keep this secret because my wife, she gets jealous. <gasps> I'm Steve here from Smoking Cigars. It is that time of year again, the Great Smoke 2023 Mardi Gras Madness. If you're wondering why everybody last year was calling it the best cigar event in the country, it was evident the day tickets went on sale. VIP tickets sold out in one day. That's right, they are all gone. Don't message us, don't PM us. I'm sorry, there's nothing we could do, but there are still plenty of general admission tickets and virtual tickets once again, we'll be offering this event virtually as well as live, so for those of you who can't make it down, you'll be able to enjoy the festivities from the comfort of your own home. Michael Herklotz, Kim Keeney, and Paul DeGracco will be returning to be your co-hosts for your virtual experience. Whether you're coming down live or we're going to be enjoying the event from the comfort of your own home, your ticket price includes this epic package. It's one of our greatest Great Smoke packages in the history of this event, over $400 worth of product and great swag for the low cost of $165. If you're coming down live, you'll get your package the day of the event. If you order your virtual ticket, they'll start shipping weeks prior to the event in early March. For those of you coming down, we have four full epic days of fun. We start off with Drew Estate and Jonathan Drew, Thursday night our headquarters here in Boynton Beach. Friday night, two events, Steve Saka here at headquarters and Evan Darnell once again returns to host our pre-event dinner with the Red Meat Lovers Club 
going off the top this year. I've seen the menu. It'll be up on the site soon. Incredible dinner. And our host, feature host this year, Michael Herklotz of Ferio Tego Cigars, who's made a very special cigar, especially for those attending the pre-event dinner. Saturday morning, we are starting early with the first ever tailgate party being hosted by the distinguished Ruffius and Eric Espinosa. There'll be a very special cigar made exclusively for that event for the first 100 attendees who go to the tailgate party. And of course, the main event will be Saturday afternoon. And then that night, after the main event, you can head back to our headquarters here. We'll have the man himself, Boofy Matt Booth, Room 101 Cigars, capping it all off with a beautiful Sunday brunch once again before everybody goes home from what we hope will be another historically, epically fun weekend. Do not hesitate. Tickets are selling this year faster than ever. Go to www.thegreatsmoke.com and get your live general admission ticket, your virtual ticket if you're going to enjoy it from home, and tickets for either the dinner or the brunch. Epic time. We can't wait to see you all there. The Great Smoke 2023. Mardi Gras Madness. Welcome back, everyone, to episode 487, Love is in the Air, Maybe. We are broadcasting from, I guess, different parts of the country. Uh, I'm here with the gang, as always, the man they call the GOAT, Alex Tavala, and Mr. Teaser and Rumor for Free himself, the Scoop, William Cooper. Um, wow, there was something. You know, I don't know if it's me. I, I really hope, I really do that people go out and watch Marvin's movie. Um, but I get choked up watching that commercial. Now, now I don't I, usually, I, I don't watch, no, 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 I, I don't watch those kind of movies. I, I really don't watch movies, period, to be honest with you. I don't watch a lot of TV at all. But uh, yeah, that, that, that trailer gives you the feels a little bit. Yeah. It's nice, to I, be young, it's nice to be old. It's nice to have family. There's some feels in there. Yeah, because I know them too. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm, I got, Easy. Yeah, there's some, there's some feels up in that for sure. But yeah, I really I, I really hope people go out and support that that movie. I know Marvin put years years of work into that. I I hope I hope it, it that 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 story gets out to everybody. Uh, Coop, you got you got robot Mike. I was gonna let him go with it, man. I kind of like yeah. it. <laughs> you sound like Mickey Mouse. You sound like robotic Mickey Mouse. Paul's nightmare. Helium. Helium. Sounds like he, he yes, you sound like you 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 you, you took a balloon to... full of helium. You got you got some you got some mic issues. Tripod, yeah, there you go. Yeah, he'll be back. Well, Michelle, I, I, I do hope eventually at some point after it's done in front of the ears, it, it most likely will get hopefully picked up by like Netflix or you know one of those companies and really let the masses get a chance to see that movie. So Looking forward to that. We are in the 30-day window now, officially, of the Great Smoke, I believe. It's coming to a head. Yeah, officially. Officially, yeah, 18th. Yeah, it's coming right. to a head. And there you go. <laughs> How's that? Do I still sound like Mickey Mouse? You're back. Yeah, okay, you're good. good. You're good. Yeah. How about, Abe, how about the funny, funny, quick story? Um, the dedication of, of, of one of our former bartenders who uh, has moved on but still comes to help us out with the great smoke showed up yesterday, ready to work the Friday event, not, not realizing that she was a month early. Yeah. We need extra bartenders obviously for the great smoke. So one of our former employees who kind of fills in for us in events, 
not realizing that it got moved to March. You know, she committed to help us out the Great Smoke Weekend. Shows up for work last night. And to even show you how more committed she was, did you hear what happened, Alex? She got, she got into an accident a couple hours yeah, before. Yeah, she had a big accident. The whole inside of her gums were all bruised and bleeding. And she's like, I got to go. I'm committed. Shows up here, poor girl. I, I said to her, I said, when you pulled up and you started, you walked around and you didn't see like a thousand people outside. You didn't get a little nerd like, what, you know, what, what's going on? I mean, did you think the Great Smoke was that big of a bust this year? Oh, but man. She, she showed up ready to go. Coop's popping in and out. I know he was trying to say in something. And out. I know he was trying in to say about the movie, but he's popping in and out. Yeah, he's um, on the road. He'll yeah, yeah. I want. We will wait for him to do name that jam because he's obviously the name that jam guru. But yeah, yeah. he's got to redeem himself after last week. Last week, yeah, I was a little surprised at that one. Last week, I was a little surprised at that one for Coop. But he's it was back. good. You back? I'm back. That was my fault this time. Yeah. All right. It's all right. You wanted to say something about the movie? Yeah. You know, um, well, first of all, I really, after, you know, we talked to Marvin, I really was, wow, this is going to be a great story for all the reasons said. But, you know, for a guy who grew up in, uh, watching Taxi and to see Carol Kane and Judd Hirsch, I mean, incredible on that show. I kind of like, you know, to see them uh, in this movie, there's just two iconic actors on a show that was iconic for me growing up. You know, listen, Taxi's one of the Hall of Fame all-time great shows. Hands oh, down. absolutely. Hands down. But um, it's really funny because, like, Judd Hirsch playing Mordecai, you know, it, it is, I, I haven't been exposed to Judd Hirsch a lot, you know, other than this small instance. So I don't know if he's always kind of been this way or he's just getting this way in his old age. But he really was kind of like Mordecai. I was, I was there for one day of shooting because there's a cigar industry scene and, Marvin was kind enough to include me in it, so I'm in the movie. And um, you know, you, you're waiting around a lot. You know, you you, you basically had, I had ten minutes of work, maybe fifteen, but I was there for like six hours, right? And you're watching the other stuff going on, and literally during a major scene, and what's going on? Judge Hirsch's cell phone starts ringing while they're shooting. <laughs> and he's like, he, he can't find the phone in his pocket. He's ringing. Everybody stops action. I mean, you know, for a veteran, I just I found it very funny in the moment. He, he literally kind of reminded me of Mordecai. He's dressed as the guy. He's talking as the guy. And that's <laughs> like what happened with Mordecai. It was like a perfect moment during the show. Yeah. It really yeah. was. It really, really was. All right, everyone. As we like to start hour two of every week of KMA Talk Radio, it is time, and presented by our good friends over at Owl Cigars, making music with tobacco for decades. It is time to see, can we name that jam? go or Cooper redeem himself I don't last know. week all right let's give it a rip i have no clue that can we play it again can you yeah, yeah i saw you are you ready coop yeah it, right, the sound kind of muted so i had to kind of go all right here we go 
Yeah, I'm clueless on this one. I don't see a lot of. I don't see a lot of guests either. I don't see a lot of guests either, man. You need one more, Coop? Yeah, let's do it again. All right, ready? I'm going to venture to say I won't know this after you name it. I think you will. I think you might. You will. You've heard it. Everybody's heard it. No guesses. No guesses. Wow. You know, it's at the, I'm thinking I know this, and I, I'm nothing's coming to my head on this one. This is... Oh. All right. Well... We, we, I mean, we got one guess, which is wrong. Um, I don't know if that's a guess or what he's doing right it, now. I mean, right. it seems like it's some 70s R&B is what I'm kind of going with it. Well, oh, which is wow. in your range. So I was a little. Yeah. Little... yeah. So, I mean, I want to say it's not George Benson, but. Yeah, this is out of my genre. No clue. No clue. We got yeah. Keith, Keith with a guess. All right. Let's take it to the reveal. Yeah. I would not never, have gotten that one. Never not heard a Gap Band guy? No, Gap Band. I'm not a Gap Band guy. I'm not a, no, nothing against the Gap Band. I'm just I never really got deep into them. That never, was that was yeah. Never even heard of the Gap Band. You know, it was interesting, and I picked this because I was actually yeah. listening to an interview with uh, uh, Dave Crow, Dave Grohl from Nirvana and and uh, Pharrell Williams, Neptune, big you know hip hop R and B producer, right. and Pharrell was saying how he played the drums, but he was never really as good as uh, you know a guy like Dave. And Dave was like, "Dude, I'm like the most basic drummer in the world. I stole." everything from like gap band and tony thompson and and that disco flair um it, it like the whole nirvana nevermind album all that do, 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 it, it all it all comes from uh from that that disco flair era so yeah, no, no, no. okay Dave, maybe that Dave was Grohl, me. Dave Grohl is a, is a, like a disco guy people don't realize that he did, yes you know, he did, they did an album of pt's covers the Foo fighters right so he said like when you that 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 um there and then he said that's that was just disco flam that he, he literally just straight ripped off and he was yeah. he is he's a he's a huge disco guy yeah you know you mentioned tony thompson right drummer for chic uh he was a power station you know he was very much being considered to replace john bonham and led zeppelin really yeah and well i could see that because that that, that you know you, you gotta have you know you're gonna replace bonham you gotta have that whale he on the, the drums he had that style people don't realize it when he was a chic but you heard him with Power Station, you you get it. Coop, Coop's, forget, Coop's forgetting he's on camera. We're just looking at the bottom of his hand. Oh, <laughs> the sun's coming in. I'm trying to get away from the sun here. <laughs> this is what we're looking at. Looking at this, I'm trying to get the sun kind of away from me. You know, interesting, because if you're looking at the comments, a lot of my favorite, I love it, a lot of I've never heard of it. So that was down the middle. Brian... Yeah, I'm, I'm, is, this this must be a Chicago guy because that's a w, WLS is totally a Chicago station. Growing up, uh, you know WLS. God, w, WLS was the hottest music station growing up in Chicago. I mean W. I, I mean, I hope they're. I don't even know if they're still around, Brian. I mean, you gotta let me know. But WLS, like, like you went to every roller skating rink or whatever. They were jamming WLS everywhere. We're, we're nationwide known. I mean, I I even knew them. Yeah. Was it known nationwide? I didn't even know. I did. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's a few. There's a few stations. You know, it's maybe about you know eight to ten that were known nationwide. And 
WLS. Larry Lujak. There you go. That's right. Larry Lujak. He was the famous dish jockey of WLS. Yeah. I, yeah, I think so. I keep forgetting that part. Wow. So, in other interesting news this week, Nestor Miranda turns 80. Yes. Yeah, it's, you know. But Nestor Miranda's kind of kind of backseated himself for the last five or six years. Do you agree, Coop? Yeah, I, I mean, he's not out of the industry. He's not out of the company. You know, Jason, his son-in-law, is doing the day-to-day stuff. Um, but, you know, Nestor, I see him at events. You know, he comes to the trade show. Um, he is always at uh, Pro Cigar, and he is always the life of the party at Pro Cigar. I mean, every time I go down to Pro Cigar, I'm on his flight, and he's in first class. I'll tell you that straight out. You know, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to, I'm going to start searching the archives. I know I, what you're talking about. Yes. if You know, a lot of our fans who watch our show regularly probably weren't watching back in the day before our Facebook posts and stuff like that. But we used to have a segment called Dummy Dialers. And the Dummy Dialers started with um, when when uh, when um, I don't even know what it's called. What was the fake marijuana called again? The synthetic marijuana? Uh, it had a name. It had a name. Anyways. I'm sure. Yeah. So what happened was this thing had become popular and blown up all over the country at the same time, like with bath salt and shit. But there was a name for like the synthetic marijuana, K2, one of them. And um, our phone started blowing up, blowing up. And it was really starting to irritate my staff because we were just getting calls every five, 10 minutes. You carry it, you carry it. So I said, fuck it. I'm going to start having fun with this. We went and got a recorder. And we started recording these calls. So as soon as was coming, hey, do you have any K2? We were like, hold on one second, please. We turn on the recorder. And then we had this ongoing thing of character. Um, you know, and they would make up these bullshit name of brands. You know, the Dingleberry, the Butt Muncher. And we would talk to them about it. And then I, I even convinced one girl to stop and get me a Whopper Junior with cheese and bring it to me and I would hook her up. And and some of these were the funniest. And, and the funny thing was when they asked us where they were, we were, I never knew the address. I'm like, we're, we're by the water tower. Because every one of these towns got like a little water tower somewhere. And that worked forever. And um, we have a whole slew. We, 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 should just, we should just bring one out every once in a while and play a dummy dialer, make a dummy dialer info, the archive, the dummy dialer archive. But when that died out, I started doing it to manufacturers. I did it to Nimish, Pete Johnson, Nestor Miranda, Marvin Samuel. Um, trying to remember who else, but Nestor Miranda's is one of my favorite. Ones. The best ever. Nestor I- Miranda's is one of my favorite ones. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna tell you it, but I am gonna pull it out of the archives. And if you join us next week, we will play the Nestor Miranda because Nestor Miranda had this thing where he literally considered himself the foresight character from the dose the foresight actor from the um dose equis commercial the most interesting man in the world and he he literally that you talk about it regularly he was the most interesting man in the cigar industry and that was his like persona and i literally played off on that on a phone call and it was so brilliant and so fucking funny 
Um, I'm going to dig it out. I'm going to dig it out. I'm going to play it next week. It might be the greatest KMA moment I can remember. I mean, it was really that good. Uh, and, and when you hear it, you get Nestor really good. Oh, I got it. Really, I got really, really you totally, good. I mean, you, all these, all these, you got a lot of the manufacturer, but without a doubt, Nestor, you really got him good. Alex, do you remember any of those? Uh, I may have heard them. I definitely don't remember this one. So, oh, this is. Epic. We're, we're, we're gonna we're gonna have to we're gonna have to find that and play that. I got I, I got them somewhere on my computer. I'm gonna find the archive. Yeah, we got we gotta oh. find it. And we gotta start we gotta start bringing them back one by. I think it's been so long that most of our current listeners if, haven't if heard them. Haven't heard them. If you're if you're watching right now, just comment if you remember our dummy dollars or any of our dummy dollars. Yeah. I'm curious to see how many of our listeners. Have been with us that long that they remember the dummy dialers, but unfortunately, just from our material, you know, I I, I started. Oh yeah, well that was that wasn't a dummy dial. So this is a great story, Alan. That's a good one. That's a good one. So so Emily, who was my assistant for eight years, um, used to help us book guests for Great Smoke. So, and I recorded this. I got to find the soundbite because it's fucking hilarious. She's flipping through a cigar aficionado and she sees an ad for Davidoff. It's a picture of Zeno Davidoff. It's like, why don't we get Zeno on? Now, Zeno had been dead for years. At this, at this time. <laughs> so I said, you know what? That would be, you, you get Zeno Davidoff on, I'll give you a $500 bonus. And she's got all excited. She got the number for the Davidoff store. She's calling the Davidoff store. Guy answers. She goes, hi, hi. Can, can I please speak with Zeno Davidoff? And the guy's like, do you mean Lino? And she's like, no, 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 Zeno Davidoff. Um, there's a Lino here. The guy who answered the phone, his name just happened to literally be Lino. That's a story. story. So he thinks yeah. she he thinks she's trying to get a hold of him. So finally she convinced, no, I'm looking for the older gentleman, the owner of Davidoff, Zeno Davidoff. And, he, and then he goes, the guy goes, um, Zeno's dead. And you hear her go, and then she <laughs> it was fucking great it was really really great it was good it was it was good that was a great story man we had a lot of fun back in those days with those dummy dialers and stuff really really good stuff but um yeah i'm gonna do that for next week hands down we're gonna bring them we're gonna bring them out of retirement steve yeah, talk we did have are you smarter than a stripper segment that's when we did it live yeah that ended because it was very hard to get strippers to come at 10 in the morning on a saturday morning that didn't that didn't last too long a lot of no shows a lot of no shows oh i could yeah. see that i could see Quint, that it's not yeah. good it's not good time for strippers you know quentin, 10, quentin, 10 quentin long enough that he remembers the dummy dialers yeah i, I think this, these are all going to be very new experiences for a lot of our current listeners which is cool they're like 10 years old a lot of these i mean those are this is really going back into the archives well, before we had boyden we we did all these yeah. dummy back in west palm beach so wow yeah, yeah. We had to have a special piece of equipment. We hooked it up to one of the phones. And when they call, we put them on hold. You go to that phone, pick it up, and then record the conversation. That was pretty funny. And these guys were so drugged up. The, the stuff you convince them to do over the phone is just insane. Right. You know, I, I won't I won't I won't tease any more of it. We'll just we'll just start pulling them out of the archives. Yeah. I don't want to give away. So. You know, and that's interesting because look, it, it still happens, man. You know, I guess when you when you when you Google like head shops or you know whatever, um, you know, cigar shops just happen to come up. And I would, I mean, I would get the calls at West Palm, people looking for, you know, now they're they're looking for 
Half of them are looking for vape cartridges, but I would get calls looking for fake piss to pass a piss test. Okay, yeah. and one guy called me asking for syringes. I'm like, dude, I mean, those calls still still happen to come in from time to time. But they were calling. They were calling in such abundance. Well, sure, at the wave of it, yeah. When that first hit, I bet it was like a perfect storm. So I'll tell you how far back we were going. We we, we decided that year to try a digital yellow page ad. Hmm. So, and that's where most of it came from. That digital yellow page ad. People would Google something, it would show up, and we never knew where they were, what part of the country they were calling from. So once we could narrow that down, we would Google area. We would Google map that area to, to, to find some landmarks. And I remember one time when they wanted an address, we gave them the address for the local police department. Oh, it's hysterical. Oh yeah, <laughs> I don't even want to get into it. We're gonna we're, we're gonna play these. We're gonna play these. Yeah, we, we gotta um, find. Interesting this, this thing this week. It, it might be, you know, I don't know what Coop's news is, so I bring something up, Coop. Um, I, 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 not raining on your parade, but no, no, uh, I think you're good. I think I put the things that we're not going to talk about. Okay, so um, yeah. in 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 what Alex and I call probably one of the most brilliant moves we've seen in a while in the industry, the archive series. Um, so Steve Saka, and I don't even think. When I bought this at the trade show last year, it wasn't even called the Archive Series. It, it wasn't. Was, no, right? it wasn't. Right? Yeah. That's something he thought up after the fact. Yeah. But what a way to take lines that you've discontinued and bring them back for a special release. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was, um, it's a great idea, you know, and he, this probably, you know, when you discontinue a line, there's always some demand for it, right? So this is the way to capitalize on getting some of that demand by making it limited. And if anyone else sure. wants to try to get their hands on it, they could do it. Yeah, I mean, we, I, I think I think it's great because no matter how undem- how little demand there is on a line, you always have, like you said, that core amount of people who are enjoying that line. When you discontinue it, you're going to affect a small amount of people. Now they got something to look forward to. We just got our allocation yesterday. We put them up online, so. If anyone's looking for that Todos Los Dias Thick Lonsdale archive edition, do we even still have some left, Alex? Yeah, I think there are still some left. Um, okay. Not a ton because we didn't get a ton. But yeah, I mean, good good move on Steve. Smart move. And and and, and I do like that. Look, we're bringing it back in one size. You know, um, the line isn't currently in production. Don't know if it's ever going to be back in production. But if you like it, here's this this one offering. You know, and, and it, that obviously creates a buzz and uh, gives people a chance to uh, re relive their Todos Los Dias days. Yeah. Steve Saka has now officially become Greek. Steve Sakais. <laughs> <laughs> He's officially become Greek. Yeah, and what's interesting about this is, let's say he gets, like, what happens a lot of times when he does a limited is he takes the orders and then everyone wants more, right? Sure. This, if if there is additional demand, then maybe he looks at going. He he only took Total Sostias off the market because he needed that tobacco for something else. That was really. Right. I mean, it wasn't probably his best selling line. I get it, but well, look, I don't think. Yeah, it's but two part on why something goes off the line too. It's not always yeah. just yeah. it doesn't move, but yet people have to understand is everybody has limited production. So if you have people roll, and this is why Drew Estate has dropped so many SKUs. Because you have people who are focusing on SKUs that don't have the demand of stuff that you're constantly backordered on. So they have to redirect 
the labor to keep up with what they can't keep in stock you know yeah dedicated to making skews that you know you have in stock all the time just makes no sense so i think that's also part of steve's problem not just using the tobacco you know he only has so much production that he could do and he has to work within it so sometimes something's got to go yeah So, yeah, Thick Lonsdale, Totus Tostias, available now, selling well. I haven't had one yet. Um, I'm, I'm curious. What other, I don't know any other lines. Because, you know, say I'm doing an archive series, right, means that you plan on you plan. So, I, I know he's got, like, he's killed, Soba Mesa. He's killed I know he's, skews. He's killed skews. Lines. Yeah. No, so, he doesn't. Like, yeah. Lines, so. I don't know how series see. that's going to be in the near future. Yeah, I don't know much he's discontinued, like except for maybe a couple of scoos and Silver Mesa and Omega. Oh right. So I'm not right. sure where he goes with that. The Moester is, he makes them every so often. I don't think they would really qualify as an, an archive. Sure. Sure. So we'll see. I'm sure we'll hear more from Steve uh, eventually on this new archived series that he has. Well, Kudos to Steve. Kudos to Steve. And to see what else is going on this week. We have our man, one of the best KMA contributors and now hosts of all time, William Cooper, to tell us what is Scoop with Coop. Hey, yo, what's my theme music? The Scoop with Coop. Breaking industry news. Hear it first on KMA Talk Radio and cigar-coop.com. Listen, before yeah. you start, I want to just take this chance before I forget, because I wanted to do it when he came back at the top of the hour. Um, our man, the GOAT, is very inspired now with updating and fixing a lot of things uh, on KMA Talk Radio. And um, we have more and more people watching us on YouTube. So if you're a fan and you're watching, please go to the Great Smoke. Uh, go to um, the KMA YouTube page. Please like, subscribe, you know, help us get it out there, because... Uh, we get, we're getting more and more watchers on YouTube every week. So uh, help us get out there. Even if you watch us on Facebook, just take a moment, go to the YouTube channel, find KMA Talk Radio, and please like the page and subscribe. The floor is yours, my man. All right. Um, first piece of news, um, coming from Grand Habano Cigars, and this kind of broke late yesterday. Um, at They're going to be at TPE, and they George Rico is going to be releasing a line called L. In an amigo, and and they, an amigo, el enemigo. I think I got that right. Yeah. Um, this line is kind of significant because George Rico actually is making this line out of the Dominican Republic at the Tabadon factory, and the Tabadon factory is the facility owned by Davidoff. So this. I'll, I'll say this. I had some inkling that this was going on, um, but I didn't know if it was ever going to happen. But uh, George has been working on this probably going back about two or three years that this is something he's been wanting to do. It's it's going to be a limited production release. So not a one and done, but they're only going to make uh, so many uh, each year. Um, and it's a blend that uses Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, Ecuadorian binder, and then Dominican, Nicaraguan, and Colombian, kind of Colombians. George likes using that in a lot of his blends. It's going to be in three sizes. One thousand twenty count boxes of each size will be made 
for this run. So I thought this was a very interesting move by George to do this. Very interesting partnership. Yeah, right. it's an unlikely one. It's an unlikely one. So my question is this, because I sometimes when I hear these things, I just don't get it. I don't understand it. So one, maybe I'm not understanding exactly what's going on. And if I do have it right, I need to understand what's the purpose. Are these being made by Davidoff for George Rico? Yes. So the Davidoff factory is making these cigars for George Rico to then own, sell, and distribute. Yes. George, I think, was involved pretty hands-on with this project, from what I understood, too. But then, then, then you have to ask yourself, why, if you're hands-on and you're I mean, what did, did Davidoff have the tobacco that he didn't have? I, mean, I always wonder when they do projects, like, especially if you're a linear person. If you're not a linear person, I totally get it. Yeah. Right? But George is a very linear company. They grow yeah. tobacco, they roll tobacco. Right, completely, right? right. Yeah. Why, why, why these types of projects? You know, the one thing I kind of noticed with this, I, I think he was enamored with some of the folks at Davidoff. From, and like I said, I had some inkling that this was going on. Um, but I think the other thing it gives him is it gives him a uh, a higher price offering, right? By getting some out of Davidoff, he could sell something over fifteen dollars, which is what this line's going to do. So, and you know, George isn't really known for that out of his own factory, and this kind of gives right. him some street cred to kind of go do that. Saying, "Look, I'm working with Davidoff and their tobacco here," and um, that you know, so I think it makes some sense from that standpoint. But the Davidoff name is nowhere on any of that package. No, no, and I do want to point this out, and I don't know, maybe it's just me, it kind of sticks out to me, but that art is very Ferriotego-ish. Nobody else? No? Kind of, I mean... It's, it's a coat of arms, I, I get, you know, the colors, maybe? I, I'm, I'm talking about that, that art, that not so much the colors, but that the warriors and well, I mean, it just has that. That's what well, that, like Mayan Aztecish, where Ferriotego is Greek Greek mythology wise. So similar, but I don't know, man. They look like Greeks to me. No, legitimately. Yeah, the, what, what the no with that 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 crest across the helmet. That's Greekish Spartanish. Yeah, maybe I'm just not my screen ain't big enough. I'm 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 the history guy here. But yeah, you know, George has done stuff, most most of his stuff's done in Honduras, but for a while he was making cigars in the U.S. And uh, you know, so it's not unusual for him to not make something in Honduras. But I think there were different circumstances at the time why he wasn't doing those cigars in Honduras. So I think this is just more of a of a interest project he had. Huh. Man of War series. Yep. So we'll see. Uh, that should be you should start seeing at the TPA, and it's going to only be available to those retailers I think that carry the 20th anniversary edition. Which we do. Yes. Yep. So listen, George has always made quality cigars. He is. He does. Yeah. They, they, they have a great family history. They make cigars. They're very linear. I just don't think George has really been successful in marketing himself and his company. I think that's where. Unfortunately, I, in my opinion, as a retailer, he stayed under the radar. He, he's a, I mean, we've had him on our show. We've had him on KMA. Great guest. I mean, when you get him talking, he, he's a really interesting guy. But you're right. I think that's the part that's hurt him is he hasn't marketed himself or that brand enough. 
I mean, a lot of things like Gran Habano, you know, the Gran Habanos, the original ones, those Corojos, they sell themselves. You know, they don't need any marketing. But some of the other stuff, you know, could probably use a little push. All right, Coop, what else you got going on? Uh, second thing, another uh, this is a cigar that's heading to retailers that debuted at the PCA. This is an interesting cigar. It is called the Fratello Vice Versa. So the story with this cigar is it's a cigar that's double capped on each end. It's meant to be smoked on each end. One has a uh, a uh, one end is milder and creamier. The other one's stronger and spicier. This was a an idea that I guess Kevin Shahan had given to Omar DeFrias about coming up with a cigar like this. So Omar put the wheels into motion. Omar told me this was a really hard project to do, to kind of get this to work. And, and I've talked to a few people, anytime you work with double cap cigars, it's, it's, it's a pain in the neck. But they, they have finally got it out. Um, this is uh, about to ship next week. Uh, according to Omar, he told me this is a one and done, but I guess we'll see. Uh, seven by fifty-two is the size. Sells for fifteen dollars. Uh, it's going to be available in five packs, but a portion of the sales will be donated to the PCA, um, according to Omar. Just, you just know, to double back on the last guy, do, you know, doesn't George Rico have the same thing with I the version? Thing, ironically, didn't doesn't doesn't he does he does? Like I said, he's not the first. To, yeah, he's not the first to do it. There's a couple of companies that have done this. Uh, in the past, I think Omar's pushing the angle of the creamy on one end, spicier on the other. And I'm not sure if that's what George did or not. Yeah, his mod is literally a torpedo from one end and a traditional Vitola cap on the other end. Yeah. And supposedly, cap them closed on both sides. You can smoke it either way. And supposedly, a different experience depending on which way you light it. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, this one's this one's a big double Corona cap on both ends, which uh, I know Viaje did a double cap cigar years ago too. It was a small one, so it, it's it, there's another company out in California I think that has one called Milk and Honey or something. So there's a there's a couple of other ones out there. If you look but, at the uh, Red Meat Lovers Beef Stick, it's not capped at all. It's just closed on both ends. It's closed on right. both ends. Yeah. 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 It's closed. It looks like a friggin' like Slim Jim. I got beef really, really, it really does. So, the yeah. accidental genius of Evan Darnell. Yep. Literally, accidental genius. Yep. Evan Darnell. All right, Coop, what else you got going on? Uh, Raphael Nodal, Aging Room Cigars, which that's his brand. Uh, even though he works for Altidus, um, he uh, does still own the Aging Room brand, and Altidus distributes it. And he's still active in that brand. He is launching a new Aging Room Cigar. It's called the Aging Room Cuatro Nicaragua Sonata. Um, so Cuatro Nicaragua is the one that got Raphael the gold. It got him the number one cigar of the year a couple of years ago. Um, so this is a, another offshoot of it. Uh, it's another box press Nicaraguan Puro. Like the original, it's being done at AJ Fernandez. The difference is that um, what I've understood is that this is going to be a little more of a lighter blend compared to that original Quattro. So uh, it's going to be available in the same sizes as well. Pricing is going to be in the about the $13 to $14 range for this cigar. And uh, this will be shown off at TPE next week. Interesting. Yep. All right. Yeah, yep, Raphael so. always seems to do well with the aging room blends. I mean, this is his most successful one, so I can see him trying to capitalize on this. 
Sure. Um, seems to be a new venue for new releases. There's a there's been more the last couple of years, but there's nowhere like most of the announcements that I've seen in the last week are uh, like Quality Importers is doing a lot of extensions to their accessories and like different colors. There's companies we were talking about samplers earlier. There's plenty of samplers which makes some sense to go up come out of TPA. So like Casa Cuevas is doing one. We mentioned Drew Estate. So um, I think most companies still hold the big releases for PCA. Alec Bradley's doing some mystery cigar, I guess that, that they announced yesterday as well. So it's not nearly the amount of uh, releases that we see with PCA, but there's more than there has been maybe four or five years ago. I uh, I don't know if he's talking about our Solaris or another Solaris, but that's going way back. If he is, I didn't think Skip was. Uh... This is Sonata, but no, no, this he is... just reminds me of the Solaris. I don't know if he's talking about our fourth micro blend release that we did with Arturo Fuente or not, because yeah, it looked nothing like that box. So I was, unless there's another Solaris I know of, don't know. Me neither. What else you got going on, Cool. Uh, the last thing which I'll mention uh, is there's news that came out this week that the state of California is looking to implement um, something which is called a generational smoking ban. And I think we've talked about what these are in the past. If you're not familiar with it, uh, this is where they basically uh, say at a certain date, um, if you were born after that date, you will be never allowed to buy tobacco. They've done that in uh, New Zealand. So that's recently happened in New Zealand. Uh, it's been passed in the law, but now they're trying to do it into California. Um, I believe the date is January 1st, 2007. With that, uh, this has gotten a lot of um, attention from PCA was all over this pretty fast, as well as even CRA was on it pretty fast, too. Um, and I don't know... <laughs> My, my gut tells me there's some fear about this, why they got on this so fast. So, well, yeah, here's the thing you know, the problem is a lot of consumers will write off California saying, well, you know, they're just nuts over there, right? Whatever. Get but, but, but I'm going to tell you something, and this is what Sal Fontana told me early on. He's been spot on. Legislation like this will typically start way west or way east and then work its way across the country. Yep. That's why they're fighting it. It wouldn't stop in California. The second this thing passed in California, other states will begin to start doing it too. So they yeah. have to shut it down in California. Yeah, yeah. And essentially what this amounts to is a total ban. I mean, yeah. you know, eventually everyone born prior to it, it, it's just an elongated total ban. Eventually everyone yeah. born before 2007 dies off and then no one no one in California can purchase cigars. Um, yeah. 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 Like you said, if it's New York's the other place when it happens. Um, right. Right. You know, I wonder, I just don't know. It's interesting. I wonder if the legality of this would even stand up in this country. It's interesting. Sure. sure. What? I don't think it could constitutionally stand up. That's, that's kind of where I was going with it. I don't think, I mean, not to say we should dismiss it, but, you know, I don't think constitutionally would stand up. Why would these legislatures waste our time in taxpaying dollars on bullshit like this? 
Well, you know. Well, what, fortunately, they, they're they wasting have, California taxpayers' dollars and not, yeah, not our they, federal they dollars. So, they got homeless people living on the streets everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, they have to justify their existence. Go really fix your state. Uh, now it's a mess. What else you got going on, Coop? Anything else? Or is he freezing up again? Up? Oh, can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, we can hear you. Nope. And he's gone. You know, this is interesting because you think this is like a telltale sign about what's going on in California. But this is also a dangerous sign because this half a million people you have right here will tend to go to a state, but they don't change the way they think. They don't say, oh, my, where I was, state I was living was run so screwed up. They'll go to another state and continue with their ideology that kind of helped lead that state to the problems. Right. It'll be interesting right. what happens. Coop in and out. Yep, Coop's Coop's having a little trouble, but he's uh, he's hanging on. Come on down, Kent. Just remember why you came here during election season. Okay. Yep, remember why you came here. That's funny. I think Texas actually ran that ad. They did, right? It was a billboard. Yeah. Welcome to Texas. Remember why? <laughs> yeah, we welcome you all to Texas. Just remember why you moved here. I, was, I don't know if that was even a good Texas accent. I think I might have just like insulted a bunch of Texans. I don't know. It worked for me. It worked for me. Michael, it, 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 it is the politicians, but those politicians got elected by the people. Correct. Correct. People I mean, are electing these politicians. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's bad, but they, they, they have the endorsement of the people. I don't want to get into politics because we kind of veered away from that, but you know, it's very hard to say that our current president is doing any great job. I mean, it's just, it's hard to make that argument, but there are people in this country who think he's been the saving grace for the last four years. So it really comes down to the people. Right. Yeah, I know. Allison, I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> I'm sorry. I apologize. All right. Coop's back. Hey, he's almost back. Whoa. A lot of sound. He should have just went to a Starbucks. There yeah, you go. Uh, well, no, the uh, the mic the mic device overheated. Oh, so sorry about that. Yeah, so I had to just let it. I had to unplug it. The mic, the mic device overheated. That's great. Yeah, I have so much going on this week. Anything else you got going on this week, Coop? Oh, that's it. So last thing was the generational smoking ban. Um, just stay tuned. Uh, we'll have. Uh, we're covering a lot of TP releases coming out still, and I'll have reports from Pro Cigar this week. Yeah, you're not going to TP. You're going down to uh, Nika or the Dominican. Sorry for the Pro Cigar. Pro Cigar. Right? Yeah, yeah, yep. And uh, hopefully next year they they don't have. I, I know there's not a conflict next year because TP is moving back to the last week in January. Good stuff. Yeah. All right, it's time for probably the longest season season ever of Tale of the Tape. <laughs> Week number two of Tale of the Tape.
All right, Abe. Well, we're back to us two for the moment, but uh, here we are, Tale of the Tape, Season 6. We are counting down the uh, top 10 heartthrobs of all time. Some of us went, uh, kind of narrowed it down to genres. I think you and Coop kind of tried to stay across the board, but uh, let's start with your pick. Number nine pick, Abe, heartthrobs. Abe. Oh, do you want to say it? Yeah. Oh, sorry, Denise Richards. Denise Richards. Let me tell you something. I fell in love with this chick in in in, in Storm uh, Stormtroopers. Stormtroopers. Yeah. yeah. I fell in love with her. And then who could forget? Who could forget the scene in Wild Things with her and Nev Campbell? And, and yeah, look at that, dude. Smoke it. This was Hot. uh 007, Denise Richards. Hot man. And you know what? She she was um Recently, I think she did one or two seasons with the Housewives of Beverly Hills. I think it was, or one of them, one of the Housewives seasons. Still looks good. Still looks good for her age. She's done very well. But yeah, her, her, her she definitely comes in my top ten at number nine. Denise Richards. Denise Richards at number nine. All right, so for my number nine pick again, I'm going down the hip hop and R&B genre. So. Number nine for me is hip-hop artist Foxy Brown. So th this is almost like a throwback to my 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 wrestling picks. Foxy Brown and, and Little Kim were kind of interchangeable, like The Rock and, and Steve Austin to me. Um, Could have went either way. They're both in the same time frame. They, they both were at their height at the same time. Reason Foxy Brown gets the pick over Little Kim is really, again, just for one reason. Foxy Brown in older age did not turn into Michael Jackson like, unfortunately, Little Kim did. So with that, Coop, while you're here, while we got you. <laughs> All it. right. My number um, nine. Again, I my what I did is I kind of tried to do a timeline of my life. And I went with uh, Heather Thomas. And if you don't remember Heather Thomas, she was on The Fall Guy, which was a great show. But she was worth the price of admission to watch on The Fall Guy. Big yeah. class there because growing up, there was the big Heather Thomas, Heather Locklear debate. Yes. The and two Heathers. The two and Heathers, I was so a Heather Thomas fan. I, am uh, I won't say whether she made my list or not, but she was definitely – on the names of me putting together my top 10 list. And, and she, well, she's not a household name anymore. She aged a lot better than Heather Locklear. I'll tell you that. She was hot. I think there was a very famous poster. I had it taped to the ceiling above my bed of that pink poster of her standing in a hot tub. Right. And it was like yep. high up. I mean, oh, I think every, and every guy in the country, every, every, 14, 12, 14, 15 year old kid in the country had that poster at one point. It was amazing. And and she rocked the bikini. She really rocked rock the bikini. bikini. Yeah. And I, but I, very, the two Heathers, I was on the Heather Thomas camp. Yep. Yep. I was on Heather Thomas, way over Heather Locklear. And I yep. loved that show, Fall Guy, too. Oh, Fall Guy was an epic show, by the way. It was just, uh, it just, uh, one of my favorites. Nice, nice comeback for, um, Lee Majors from the Million Dollar Man. To have a, it, it was, you know, in a yeah. lot of ways, I ended up liking that show better than the Six Million Dollar Man. Yeah, he yeah. sang the theme song. He, he yep. sang the theme song on that thing too. Yep. Yeah. Very cool show. Yep. And uh, just to <laughs> keep with the only <laughs> thing that, that time yeah, well, the, the only thing he does for the show at this point is send in his. Uh, 
Paul, Paul's pal. <laughs> yes. So Paul went with, uh, yeah, Bell. Well, hold on. Do you know if it's Bell or is it the Beast? <laughs> I mean, it could could go either way. With Paul, you never know. With Paul, you, you never, never know. know. Yeah. Paul. It could be the Beast. You never know with Paul. Could be the Beast. It's better than last week's pick with Bell. That, I, I guess, yeah. That's funny. Oh, um, although, we didn't get a chance to talk about it on the show, but I guess this is a perfect time and, uh, you know, to talk about the passing of, obviously, a heartthrob bombshell, Raquel Welsh. 100% yeah. heartthrob yeah. bombshell. How old was she? 82. Know? It's like 81 or 82. God bless. Yeah, she definitely uh, she definitely eased the night of probably many men with her thoughts <laughs> in her day. So yeah, Raquel Welch definitely a heartthrob. Eighty two, yeah. God rest her soul. Thank you for all the memories, Raquel Welch. Yeah, I mean she was probably the sixties. I mean she probably was a heartthrob of the sixties, a little before my time, but I knew even knew who she was yeah, uh, growing up. I tell you what, man. That, that's why I, I had to narrow it down to just like ones that touched me in my you know growing up and whatnot because you could do a top 10 just in that genre sure, sure. i mean just sophia loren um great hayworth yeah, yeah i mean you could do a whole thing just on that genre it's mind-blowing so that's week two of tale of the tape and we'll be back hopefully next week maybe next week <laughs> to uh do week three kill a tape so there you have it um before we hit uh would you rather you guys got anything going on this weekend i know alex and i talk i'm taking the kids to go see quantum mania this afternoon i'm not doing anything this afternoon yeah, i got I'm the kids take, and i'm just i'm gonna be driving i'm gonna be doing more driving yeah That's i'm right. gonna take the kids to see the new ant-man movie they're all they're all marvel geeks in my house yeah. so we're going to go see the new anime movie, and then we'll be uh, jousting and swinging swords come Sunday. Look, this guy's already excited. Huzzah. How many, how many you, 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 you go just two times a year, or do you go frequently more? No, it's, it's only here that one time during the year, so, you know, twice no, a year. You, in a season, you go multiple times usually? No, twice. I mean, it ain't cheap. Listen, listen, with all the respect to the fun of the Renaissance Fair, it's a money pit like any other fair. Money pit. Yeah, oh yeah. So, you know. The best, the best, story, best story was my cell phone last year. We found it. Bottom we line found, is we found I lost my cell phone at the Renaissance Fair and found it. And found it. In the parking lot. So, so wait, wait. Let me, let me, let me, let me just. <laughs> so, one of the nice things about the Renaissance Fair is they have these guys on rickshaws that will rickshaw you up to the front because the parking is insane. I mean, there's thousands of people there. So number one, if you, I don't know if you, you remember the guy that was driving us back, but I mean, this guy was, had to be at some point, a New York yeah, bike guy. Cause I mean, he was oncoming traffic in a rickshaw in a rickshaw in a rickshaw. So we get there, get out. We're somewhere in the parking lot. We get to the car. Abe realizes he doesn't have his phone. We first we figure it's got to be in the rickshaw. We find the guy; it's not there. You now know, we're down the rickshaw guy. So instead of getting in our car and going to get, we're going back towards traffic, and we right. catch him coming the other way. We stop him. 
We make the people in the cart get out. We're looking through the cushions. It's not there. It's not there. So and now, so but you knew you had it from the you know we you knew you knew I had, you had it, it. at one point because I checked something right. you know we called my wife or whatever. So right. then the only other thing I said to Alex was, at some point my son handed me cotton candy or I got something in my pocket. I said it might have fell then, and I wouldn't have heard it because it's grass fields. You know, if you're on a parking lot, you drop your cell phone. The problem is now we've moved the car. We're not even sure where the fucking car was parked. We're right. driving back and saying, wait, that tree looks familiar. No, it wasn't that tree, right? We're trying to figure out. Right, right. So we went in, in full search and rescue mode. So the plan was, I was, even though it was not uh, uh, ringing, it was on silent, I was going to call it. Maybe we get the vibration. And, and as Abe would, would comb the area, I would just continue to call it while he combed the area of where we we walked, and sure enough, we wound up finding it, which was impressive. Find the phone. phone. We did not lose that phone. So that's right. Yeah, good moment. All right, it's time to end our two-week, two hours of fun with our usual segment, brought to you by the fine folks over at Durker Cigars. It's time to find out: Would you rather? the Super Bowl, I'm going to start with our man Alex Tavella and his would you rather question. So Alex, would you rather have home game tickets to a NBA final of your city's team, um, a World Series finals, or be able to fly down to watch your home team play in the Super Bowl um and you know airfare and hotel and food paid for and go watch the super bowl for one game all right so i have to go with the super bowl only because the super bowl is one game it's win or lose that day you either take it or you don't um you know that's the tricky thing about other finals i mean now if you're saying if it's games if it's like game seven of you know the Sixers. Well, that's or, the beauty or, of the other one. I mean, you get every home game, so it could be Game Seven. Oh, so every, but but yeah, even, if, even, if, if you choose baseball or if you choose baseball or basketball, you get a ticket to every home game. Okay, so I think I'm still going with the Super Bowl. There's something about the Super, you know, one because look, you know, even if I get every ticket to the home game, they could win it on the road. You know, yeah, yeah, it's great to be there, but they 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 could still they could still win. You know, the the Super Bowl, and I think that's the thing what kind of differentiates it from the other sports is it's it's one game. That's all you got. You're either gonna win, you're gonna lose. It's that day. There's no coming back. There's no adjustments. You got to bring your championship talent that day. Bring it or lose it. You got it, Coop. I saw you shaking your head. You don't agree with that? I go with the World Series. The Super Bowl is too much of a um, it's too much of that spectacle where it's like it's not a really great game experience anymore because there's so much else going on. I think the World Series still has that feel where it's the game. And, uh, you know, to me, there's nothing like an October night with baseball. There you have it. So, so I mean, listen, I'll agree with Coop in a sense that there is one caveat and, and, and because, uh, you know, I, I was there in, in Philadelphia in 2008 when the Phillies won the World Series. 
Um, and I don't even remember if they wanted it home or not, but the, the electricity, on Bro- you know, that whole grease, the poles thing, you know, when, like when that game is over and everybody floods out on the broad street and people are climbing the poles and everybody's going nuts. I mean, there it's a parade before the parade. And, and I mean, literally like, like when, when Philadelphia teams win crime drops 10% in the city, <laughs> I mean, that's yep. statistical there yep. there's, there's lightning and electric there right after the game. And I lived right by broad street. So it's not even like I had to travel. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a spectacle. All right. Your turn Coop. You ready? Yep. It's going to be a tough one Coop. Would you rather, Watch the Super Bowl game at a Super Bowl party in Disney World with Paul DeGracco or go to the live game and watch it from the 50-yard line with the fake Alan Rubin. Oh, I'd rather watch it with Paul at Disney because I don't like crowds. I don't like being in a big stadium. It has nothing to do with Alan. And Alan will know that. Alan will, that. Right, Alan will know that. I just, I just, you know, I'm not into going to 70,000 people in an arena anymore. Um, I could deal with the I Disney. There's going to be 70,000 people at Disney. In one place watching it? Nah, they'll be in a smaller event bar or something. You have a big, big screen the size of the Magic Kingdom. Everybody's watching it. I'm still gonna go with Disney. I don't want to have to deal with the travel down there or anything. You know, I'd rather be in Florida than than like I don't know New Orleans or something. What about what if they made you wear Mickey Mouse ears? Then I'll go with Alan. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not wearing. You know, though, Coop brings up a good point because I, I took I took my son to a WWE match down at the Heat Heat Arena though, and I could and I hadn't been to a game in a while, and I really I'm like God, these seats are so. Why do you think I don't go to games? Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know how a guy like it's got to be completely. If it's not a skybox or owner's box, I don't go. Yeah. Not because I'm snobby, I just don't fit. Yeah, and I it's know. not even like I could take my son and lift the arm like on an airline I used to. Right, and right. Have his seat. You know, my my hips do not fit in there. It's it's literally a yeah. slide in, and if I'm lubed up really good, I might be able to get out. Yeah. Uh, the jaws of and, and and what I really hated too is like like at the heat arena if you buy if you buy a bottle of water they pour it into a cup which they, they don't, don't have lids for the they don't want people throwing the bottle so now I'm sitting there everybody's on top of each other my cup is in a spot where like like the guy next to me like you know is all over people behind me guys you know that somebody threw his water bottle and it wasn't like one of the it wasn't the the water bottle it was like a real water bottle that you carry like to the gym. At a player once faced up to ten years in prison. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. you really hurt a guy, man. Not yeah. a joke. Not a joke. Well, that's our segment of Would You Rather brought to you by the fine folks over at Kirk Cigars. I want to thank everybody for joining us. We had a nice crowd this morning. We hope we entertained you, made you laugh, and we will see you here. Uh in, until then, please follow us on Facebook, social media, go to our YouTube channel, Kiss My Ash Radio. Hit the little subscribe and like button. Now I feel like those, uh, I feel like all those um, influencers. Like, hit, smash, smash, like, subscribe. <laughs> Got to get it up on YouTube. And if, you haven't, it works. if you haven't joined our Facebook group on Smoking Social, please join it. It's a fun place. Growing. We're, we're getting close to the 5,000 mark. So, you know, in just in two years. So very excited about maybe hitting 5,000. We're going to do something special when we get close to that. But until then, everybody have a great weekend and we'll see you soon. Keep it lit.